welcome to today's podcast. We have Brian Lindsay and Kyle Philippi. My name is Jonathan Huarbe. And uh, we're here and we're just going to talk a little bit about Brian, his story. Um, kind of just tell us a little bit about yourself, um, how you got connected to Far Flung, um, maybe what even kind of caught your attention initially. Um, and yeah. Yeah, the last couple months have been like a little bit of like a tornado in our life. <laughs> uh, I've been telling people because we left our last Sunday as lead pastors uh, was February 21st. We moved down here in March. And I said, it's kind of like NASCAR is what it feels like to be a pastor. Actually, not NASCAR. Like the old dirt racing tracks, right? Where people are like hauling their cars on flatbed trailers. And it's like muddy and loud. And a lot of people are drinking. You know? Very little shirts wearing. Yeah, nobody's wear. <laughs> wearing shirts. And the cars, like after the race, they can't run anymore. Like they're just beating each other up. Yeah. So that's what pastoring feels like. It's like NASCAR. It's like fast-paced. Really loud, but everybody's there's this, got a fire extinguisher. Yeah, it's like yes. Mad Max. <laughs> yeah, but it's like there's this rhythm. It's right. high pace, but there's a certain rhythm to it. Like you know, Easter's coming and right. and school's back in in session. So like everybody's coming back to church and vacation. Summer the summer slump. Things are slowing down. Like there's this rhythm to pastoring. And maybe I was familiar with it because my dad was a pastor. But there's this rhythm. It's still high pace. Okay, so I've been at Far Flung for a couple months now, and I would say. It's massively different. It's like the Indy 500. It's like, yes, you could die, just like NASCAR. And crashes are terrible. But the Indy 500, it's like, it's high pace, but you'll be going this direction, and then suddenly you have to slow everything down and go the opposite direction. It's just like the turns. It's like all of a sudden we're talking like, like some third world country and how much does it take to feed these kids? And then the next thing you're like meeting with like a millionaire talking about, you know, what kind of donation they could make and how would that move the needle in the kingdom of God? Or you're talking to a pastor or a denominational leader and, and you're talking through like a 4K video that's going to help them tell the story of their church. Right. And then you're back again mm -hmm. 15 minutes later talking about, should we go to Pakistan? Should we? <laughs> like, does God want us to go there? And then we're like, guys, if we don't do this puppet video today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then we're talking about puppets. So it's like right. so many directions, so fast. And um, I wouldn't say one is harder than the other. Like, I'm not saying, oh, yeah, you pastors, man, y'all have it easy. No, I was just saying it's just different. It's a different yeah. rhythm. Um, and us coming back now for the second time to talk through this podcast, because yeah. I did this podcast once before and right. told my story, and I did a great job. Mm. It, was it was fantastic. <laughs> it's good. I cried. You cried. Like, you didn't cry because you hadn't seen it, but you would have cried. Yeah. Kyle cried. Warbay, he was just, just weeping because I was communicating <laughs> so great. And then, like, what happened? We we went to pull the footage and and all the audio and it was just all gone. The the Mac had crashed. Yeah. And apparently the hard drive. In was reality, faulty. Brian didn't perform. And we got together in a meeting without Brian. Said he'll be crushed. He'll be crushed if we don't use this. Well, can the MacBook maybe crash? Crash. We just lost everything. Make him redo it. We didn't yeah. Tell we'll you. just have him redo it and yeah. then tell him on air so we see him. Right. So I, I've down. heard the I've heard the story um, that a pastor walks by like the board meeting, mm 
and they're praying for the pastor. They're praying, oh, God, help our pastor, help our pastor. And, and the joke goes like, it's like, Lord, you keep him humble and we'll keep him poor. Right. You know, <laughs> if you've ever been on staff at a church, you kind of know that feeling. God, you keep him humble and we'll keep him in poverty. Um, this is the opposite. Kyle doesn't want me poor, but he's going to make sure I'm humble. Tell him about that. Keep tell him about down. that meeting uh, when we were talking about our waypoints the other day. And I, I was in the other room in the break room, and you said, "Hey, oh yeah, we're- yeah." So we're we're meeting with Stephen Burton, who's amazing, and we're talking with him about the core values of Far Flung and and who we are. And I said, "Man, here's the thing about us: we laugh a lot and we make fun of each other." Now, yeah. now, now, I'm talking with him, and Jeremy's in the other room, and it's a Zoom call, and and Stephen's in Georgia or Alabama, wherever he's at. And we're talking about this. Kyle has no idea that we're talking about this. And I'm watching this happen on our Zoom call. And he walks into Jeremy's office while I'm saying we make fun of each other. And he's like, one o'clock, a reminder, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, so pretty much that's it. Like, that's, that's, that's what's happening. That's um, we make fun of each other a lot. And so uh, I have really no idea how this podcast is going to go. The last time we were like all fresh, we had just got to the office, right. like just the first week. It was like the first or second week we were here. Yeah. So we we're like reliving the story. I had this dream and God spoke to me and I was, oh, and it was just like very emotional. And now it's like I've told the story enough yeah. times. To now you're like, in it. I'm here. Okay, guys, yeah. I came to Far Flung. God told me to leave my church and it was sad and I, I love them. And it was a step of faith. And I don't know how we're going to provide for my family, but we're going to trust God. And let's move on. We got we got an album to record. We got stuff to do. Um, <laughs> but it is deeper than that. And the, and uh, I, we were talking to um, one of the voices that that is kind of like influencing us right now. And he was he was making the statement about um, specific donors yeah. that have come into his organization. And now sometimes a donor will say, I want my name on the building. So if, we, if you build a, an orphanage and, and you're going to say, um, let's say that orphanage came from, from the Warbay family. So mm-hmm. we're going to say the Warbay Orphanage. And he, he was making the statement that, that sometimes people see that as boasting. Like, why would you boast and put your name on all this stuff? And, and this particular donor said, no, we put our names on this to inspire other people. Like if he can do that, why can't we? We could we could be a part of something. We could build an orphanage. We could build a clinic. He said it, and it's really a heart issue. If your name's on the building, that doesn't mean you're prideful, arrogant. Doesn't mean you're boasting in in you. That pride and arrogance only comes from within. Hmm. The sign doesn't make you prideful. There's some people who are prideful and they've never given anything. They've never built hospitals, but right. they're still prideful. So I think it is important, even if like. Even if I don't feel the same emotions telling the story today that maybe I felt right after it happened, it's important for us to tell the story because people need to hear. Yeah. People need to hear the process of making a big decision, of taking a leap of faith, a step of obedience, of living life a little different. And that's what it it became for us. Um, We get asked a lot, like, I guess the number one question we get asked is like, well, we get asked two questions. How do we choose a missionary mm-hmm. and also how mm-hmm. do I get involved with Far Flung right. and oh, yeah. uh, Brian 
Together projects have had really, I mean, all of us together projects that happen every four years are one of the most significant chapter points for all of us. Yeah. But he has a connection to the first together project that he wasn't even a part of us yet, but it's what set him on this trajectory. Oh, yeah. So what year was that? 2015. So 2015, every every so often, every four years, there's this different project that Fox Lung is a part of where we're bringing all these missionaries together for the Together Project. Right. And it's refueling the missionaries or the pastors and everybody on the trip. It's very refreshing um, for the team. Mm-hmm. And it's it almost acts as a marker for a lot of people's lives and the life of Far Flung. And so um, I knew Kyle from just our time at Lee University. We're all a part of like this campus choir culture of worshipers and, and people we were um, meeting in that season at Lee University. Um, shout out to all of our Lee University family. Right? Yeah. Uh, everybody here in the room went to Lee, right? All yeah. of us. Yeah. So I'm cracking up because I just heard the downstairs door and I know <laughs> I sent Jeremy to get lunch and he's sitting in his office with a hundred wings right now. <laughs> Just the visual of him sitting there, and he's on a crunch to do the music, and he's sitting there with a hundred wings on his desk right now. Yeah, like we walk into his office, and he's he's eating all of them, and he's like, "I'm sorry, I just couldn't I just stop. couldn't stop. I couldn't stop." Yeah, yeah. So, um, together project comes out. Indy 500. We go in different directions yes. all the time. Yeah, that's 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 us. Yeah, Together Project comes out um, in 2015, right? At the time, me and my wife, we're, we're pastoring a church. It's the first church that I pastored as like lead pastor. I've been involved in, in a lot of different ministries. You know, my life has kind of taken a bunch of turns. I worked in psych hospitals for a long time. I was a part of a special unit that worked with sexual predators under the age of 18, violent crime offenders. I was a part of a crisis stabilization unit for kids from 4 to 11, then I also got jobs like working at, at churches. I was a student pastor and involved in music ministry. So then now in 2015, we're the lead pastors of a small church here in Tennessee. Um, man, loved them. And we were learning a lot. And somewhere kind of during that season, the Together Project comes out. I don't remember summer, fall. I don't remember like the timing of it. But the Together Projects always include a worship album that's mm-hmm. being recorded in some like ridiculous place. And I'm sure like Kyle and Carruthers, those guys will talk about that because it was a marker for them too. Yeah. But they're experiencing the Together Project together in Guatemala. Like, and it's this like hurricane of adventure that's happening. Now, I didn't experience any of that. But the aftermath of all of that, when all when you'll hear about their adventure, but when all of their adventure is done and it's it's filmed and it's edited and now it's on YouTube, me and Ashley, I think maybe we were riding in the car when it comes out and we've got our phones uh, and Ashley is saying, oh, they, they just came out with some new music. Now, I had heard the first album that Farflung had, had done. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a song, I think, called The Church. Mm-hmm. that was on it that they did. And it was real popular at the time. And, and they did a great job with the album. Loved that. But I really didn't hear that album. Like, man, I got to get involved. Because it was just kind of like a studio album. And yeah. it was just a bunch of... And I was like, oh, that was cool. Kyle and the guys did this. This was different. Like, it's on YouTube. And, and we you can go watch it after the podcast. Um, 
there's a, a song called Come Lord Jesus. And Ashley is listening to this song and I'm driving, I think, and she's listening to the song. And then um, she's kind of like showing me at red lights, look at this video and I'm seeing, and I'm seeing all of my friends. I'm seeing like Delilah and Tyler and Etienne and, and Michael and Jahan. I'm trying to think, help me remember who all was Lacey there. Lacey and Harvey. Yeah. Yeah. Harvey and, oh man, I miss Harvey. <laughs> yes. Harvey and Lacey, just all these people that I know that I love that I've written songs with, mm. that I've traveled and, and been a part of worship services with, and they're all having the time of their life. And they're worshiping, and it's like, I, I, and Ashley asked me, why are all of your friends like writing songs and doing all this? Why are you not a part of this? Mm. Uh, and it hurt my feelings a little bit. Because <laughs> I was just like, you're a scrub. <laughs> why are you... Why are you just sitting here doing nothing, right? Which I wasn't doing. I was working like three jobs and pastoring a church, but she's like, why are you not a part of it? And it really, man, man, if you can find, if, if you can find the relationships, especially if it's your wife, but the relationships in your life that will know like your heart song, that yeah. will know the things that are really part of the DNA that you have. Yeah. And she sees them. She said, man, Brian, I think you belong. I, th I think you belong as a part of that. And I was like, mm. yeah, of course. Why? Why wasn't I there? Um, because I could have been. I should have been. And, but just life takes you in different places. Me and Kyle, we were supposed to be roommates, and we ended up living with other people at Lee, other guys. You went and lived with Sean Davis, right? And some of those guys. And I was with Chris Kinney. But we were always friends. Mm. My life took me in this other direction and he went off and was doing student ministry and missions came out of that. And so I see Together Project and it's like the beginning of this switch where I was like, I want to be involved in that. I mm. already had a heart for missions, man. My, my family had taken me on mission trips. Um, my first trip was like a month in Mexico as a kid. Wow. Now, my experience was basically carry bricks. <laughs> It was yeah. one of those yeah. mission trips. It was Classic. Carrie Briggs, yeah. yeah, VBS, you know, puppets and like songs in Spanish that I don't know, but I'm just supposed <laughs> to like go along with it. But it was great. I was like 13, 14 years old, but I had this amazing missions experience. My parents, my dad never traveled, but our church always sent. Mm. And every year we had like the same like missions group coming back, giving us updates. I knew what it was to have relationships with long-term impact in missions. And so after Together Project, we just continued to like, man, just go in on that album, worshiping from home. And we're just gutting it out at this church, doing mm. our best. And I wasn't the greatest leader, wasn't the greatest preacher, like was learning, wasn't a great musician. We're just trying. And we, have, we got so much life out of that album, hmm. just in our homes, just listening and worshiping. And, and so I ran into Kyle on purpose. I know he's got a coffee shop. At the time, he was running Sacra, which yeah. is now Together Cafe. Right. I recommend the, um, the honey latte, milk and honey latte. It's good. If, you, if you're in town, Chattanooga, go get the milk and honey latte. If you want something iced, get the cinnamon roll. And they're together cookies. Yeah. So, yeah. so what is now Together Cafe, I go, um, we stop in, it's Sacra, and Kyle's there. And I ask him, I was like, listen, man, I want to be a part of whatever's happening here. So here's my pitch. I'll do whatever no one else wants to do. Like, I'm, not, I'm not interested in singing a song. Like, but if there's a job that nobody else wants, I'm game. 
Because Far Flung, for me, was giving me a place that I didn't have to be the pastor. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be in, I don't need to preach. Right. I don't have a bucket list of I want to preach on every continent or I want to do this. <laughs> or I was like, man, I'll do whatever no one else wants to do. And that's a lot of the culture of like who we are. It's This is not egos. Yeah, We have people who could be doing the most amazing and are doing amazing things in their own right. And when they come to Far Fun, it's a preferred, level playing field. Yeah, yeah, it's prefer the other person. Right. And Kyle's like, yeah. He's like, would you like to see some stuff? So we walk upstairs and he begins to show us Celia. Mm. Um, and you're editing the film. Mm-hmm. Right. I, and I, I mean, Ashley talked about not long ago, trying to remember which clips we saw. Um, at that, where we're sitting now, back then, was like the conference room, your viewing room. And he begins to show us the Celia film, Secret Sunflowers. I know, I, I know we showed you the baptism. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Samuel song. Yeah. Yeah. And I, at the time, I had not, you know, we, we've never seen her. We, we weren't familiar with her work, although like men and women of action were involved with her for a long time. And, um, and, it started with the Together Project, and then we come upstairs with Kyle, and me and Ashley and Kyle are sitting here, and he's showing us these films, and me and Ashley look at each other, and man, we start weeping. Hmm. And we are just changed. Yeah. It's just different. I just knew that we're supposed to be involved. We're supposed to connect. I want to be part of this for the rest of my life. And even when me and Kyle talked um, months ago, I began to feel the stir that the Lord wanted me and Ashley to invest our lives into Farflung. That we began to, to feel his leading. And there's a million things, dreams that happen and all these things that happen that have, have really boiled down to, I have to do this to obey God. Hmm. Like every other thing that I do that's not what I'm doing now is good, but it's rebellious. It's like if I tell my son to go clean the garage and he goes clean and he cleans his room. I love that he cleaned his room. It's just not what I told him to do. Wow. Sometimes God will not give you a specific instruction. Yeah. Yeah, just go for it. I don't care what you do, just do something. Go to college. Go be an intern in the governor's office. I don't care what you do, just do something. And then sometimes God will tell you something hmm. specific to do. Do this right now. Most of my life, I've just been doing something. I just been, like God didn't give me this specific thing, so I went to work at a hospital. I became a student pastor. I was just doing the good things I knew that he was proud of. Then, man, the Lord was like, do this. Hmm. So I come to Kyle. Um, at this point, we've traveled. What was our first trip together? Thailand. Thailand. Why did you ask me to go to Thailand? Like, what was behind that? Like, I, I know I began to show interest. Yeah. How did you, you bring me I in? I mean, though? you were officially apart at that point. You hadn't been in a film yet. I, I had a feeling you would bring a personality to the, the film side of it. We do think of that. You know, we think of the ministry on the ground. We right. also think of, okay, we're telling a story right. and the group dynamics and things like that. And I thought, okay, he's going to bring an element that we don't have on the team. Mm. And then we hadn't shown in a film yet. Uh, usually we, we stack the deck with a few people we know are comfortable on camera. On camera, yeah. Um, and then he hadn't been on one yet, so it just felt right. It wasn't a very spiritual feeling move. Yeah. Even though it, it was God-ordained, I think. Yeah. You know? oh. But it was just yeah. like, a, yeah, that's, this feels right. 
Um, so we go, we go to Thailand. I'm still pastoring. At this point, I had moved churches. Um, mm-hmm. You know, our time at that particular church, man, kind of was wrapped up. And uh, even though, man, we'd seen God do a lot of things, we had now moved to Clarksville, Tennessee, and we're pastoring a church. I thought I would be there for the next 20 years. This is a good place. Yeah, man. Yeah. I was in my dream home. Um, the church was great. We were in a big city. We were having visitors at our church all the time. And I was like, how is this happening? But it was just like people were moving there. Right. Eight people moved there every day. It was just like, and people were finding our church and it was growing. And, and Kyle's like, let's go to Af- or let's go to Thailand. You want to go? I was like, yeah, let's do it. Um, and that's when it, it, that's not when my passion for missions took, took place. Hmm. That's when really the fabric of our relationship began to really, really grow. I already, I was already passionate about missions and I was already wanting to connect to far flung, but it's on the trip that it's a, you, you have bond. And I think about you and Stephen Kawakami and Deethra and Joyce and Clark, man, we like, you're, you're there on a trip and you bond on trips. Yeah. And everybody in far flung has a bond, but if you were to put us all in a room, I mean, it would rapid fire yeah. because yeah. we've put the hours in together, right? Yeah. right. If right. me, you, and PJ, who just got back from the Arctic, were to get in a room together, I mean, we and Brian would just so be kind of sitting here like listening to stuff because we would just right. be bringing up stuff and there would be a vibe yeah. between all of us. And this is the trip where you got put in a lion's den, right? <laughs> oh, no, that was yeah. Daniel. Oh, that, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would put him in a tiger cage. A tiger, tiger cage. cage. Yeah. Yeah. We got in the tiger cage on that trip. Um, and really, really, that was probably the the closest I probably was to death. <laughs> um, Did you man, feel like Daniel at that moment? No, like, it, I, not in the sense of like, like you felt like what he could have felt like. No, at that point, I realized Kyle is very willing to put our lives <laughs> at risk if it means a good shot. And I should have been nervous, what? really. At the beginning of the trip, Kyle says, if something happens and, like, <laughs> I'm getting killed, somebody keep filming. Right. Yeah. And I thought, like, when, is there a punchline to this? And no, that's just Kyle. Somebody right. film. What ended up happening was, was the watered-down version of what I wanted to happen. What I tried to do was I, only Stephen knew what was going to happen. I was going to get them in the cages without telling them there were tigers in it. And then the people at the tiger place were like, no, there are so many waivers. You have to say, you can't like unwillingly put someone in this cage. They have to know they what they're getting to. into. They wouldn't let Joyce in it because she had the, the walker and it was riling up the tigers. They were like they pacing. Yeah. She like awakened them. Yeah. Um, Kyle's ahead of his time always. Yes. Like, Kyle was trying to bring Tiger King to the table <laughs> years before Netflix ever figured this thing out. Yeah. Um, Thailand really brought this relationship that, that I still now have with, with Kyle and Steve. We fear bonded. Yeah, we fear bonded. Fear bonded. Yeah. Um, and we come home, and I really believe at that point, I'm going to go on trips with Far Flung for the rest of my life. Mm. I'm going to pastor a church. And I'm gonna take trips, and I'm gonna take people on trips, and we're gonna we're gonna move the needle globally. Yeah. And that the, really a huge part of our heart is we want people to win locally. 
right? right? If you're a teacher, if you're a nurse, if you're a student, whatever you are, win where you are. We also think you should have an opportunity to win globally. Yeah. So that, man, this is great. This is going to be my missions outlet. But the longer we were apart, the more trips we took, um, something happened in me that really doesn't happen in everybody. And we began to see the shift of what we were doing part-time. The Lord was moving us into like a full focus. Hmm. You know, it was, it was like our passions were shifting. Yeah. Um, and I don't want every pastor to do this. I don't want every pastor to leave their church and right. come work at Far Flung because we're passionate about churches. Yeah. Um, but I think if God is moving you, you have to follow and be obedient. That's good. It wasn't easy for me, though, um, because I loved my home. I still miss my home. Um, 4124 Moore Hollow Road, man. I loved that place. Growing up, we always lived in parsonages. I never lived in a house my parents owned. I've only yeah. lived. And and I couldn't have a dog growing up because my mom would be like, this is, you can't, it'll mess the parsonage up. <laughs> you know, you can't. Like if I spilled something on the carpet, my mom would be like, son, that's not our carpet. <laughs> you can't, crazy. like this is the parsonage. Because man, <laughs> just the, the whole church environment that I grew up in, right. people would just stop by like they own the house. If they went to church there, they'd be like, man, we drove by the parsonage. Y'all need to do landscaping. Like, drove <laughs> by this. Y'all, man. And, and like, people just acted that way. Yeah. And so, like, I never lived in, like, a home that my parents owned. They didn't buy a house till like, they were close to retirement. I was already moved out. So the first time I lived in a home that wasn't, like, a rental was when we bought a home. And it was my dream. 13 and a half acres. It was this like mini farm. We had yeah. goats and pigs and chickens and ducks and roosters and in-laws. Like all of those things lived with us. <laughs> yeah, my, my in-laws lived there for a while. I you put them in the same category. In the same coop. <laughs> <laughs> I put my father-in-law in the same category as the goat. Like, right? Uh, Greatest of all time. That was more like a yes. dog. Yeah, we had dogs and cats. I mean, it was great. Memphis, man, we were playing outside, four-wheelers. It was my dream. The church loved us. We loved the church. And uh, one day I was mowing, and I, I really, really enjoyed mowing, right? Mm. Um, it's very meditative. Like, it's loud, right. and it's monotonous. And so it's like you're doing the same thing over and over again. And that's, like, in those environments, like, the Lord really speaks to me. Mm. Um, it's kind of the same way, like, people that will take their drive home to pray. Yeah. They know the route. Like they don't have to think about which turns they take to get home. You know that route. That's why those like those drive time moments of worship and prayer, so many times you're almost in a meditative state. Like you're just going through the motions. You're not having to think about it a lot. And I'm mowing and I'm looking, my wife's on the back porch in a hammock swinging. My son's, he's playing. And I'm just going, and it's amazing. And I start to feel sad. Like, I'm, I'm 35 years old. I've got a great church, got a great house. I've seen great things. The Amazon trip and the miracles that we saw take place there. Yeah. I've seen people healed with my eyes. I'm not talking about like somebody told me one person was healed one time. Right. I've seen people healed. Yeah. I've had like crazy miracles in my life. One time somebody handed me a $40,000 check because like the Lord just prompted them to. I've seen God do crazy things in my life. And I was like, man, is this, is this the top? Hmm. 
Like, am I 35 years old? And like, is this the top of the mountain? Mm. Like, where do you go from here? And it it actually made me feel sad. Um, it was like a moment in in like in reality. It's what I imagine like a pro athlete feels when like they they hit their last home run. You remember like Kobe Bryant's last game? He went off. Yeah. He went off. And like everybody's just moving out of his way watching history happen. <laughs> like they don't even want to block him. They don't even want to guard him. They're just letting him go. And I feel like, man, is this, was this my last home run? Was this my last three? Was this it? Is this the top? Do I just coast from here? And I started to feel sad. And and in that moment, it's like I felt sad, but I also felt like submissive. Mm. And I, I had this thought and I said, well, okay, Lord, if this is the top of the mountain and the rest of my life, I never see those big grand adventures again. I guess you only kill Goliath one time. Mm. And David, for all of his battles, for all of his victories, he only had one Goliath. And sometimes like you only have one there's certain highlight moments and they don't happen over and over and over again. And I started to kind of feel sad thinking, man, is this it? And all I can describe is I had this moment with this moment with the father where I suddenly felt the presence of God. And the Lord's only really spoken to me about my life a few times. Lots of times I've like opened the Bible and feel him speaking truth to to share with people but like where he was like jonathan hmm. and he shared something about your life for you yeah and the lord spoke to me that day and said i'll do more than i've already done if you never tell me no wow man i just began to cry i stopped more i'm just like weeping I'll do more than I've already done. Now, for me, that's a tall order. I've already had somebody hand me like $40,000 one time. I've already seen like, like people with broken legs yeah. take their cast off and like just begin to no longer have broken legs. Yeah. Seen tumors shrink. Seen miracles of all kinds. I've seen like alcoholics that have drank their whole life come in, pray, and never drink again. Mm-hmm. How am I going to see more? More, yeah. What's the key for me to unlock more? And right. it was like, never tell me no. And now at wow. that point, I don't really, I didn't have like leaving my church on the radar, coming to Far Flung like full time. That really wasn't the thing. But I knew God's going to do something and I'm going to have like an itch to say no. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and it felt like there was a lot of grace where the Lord's like, you can tell me you're afraid. You can tell me you don't understand. You can tell me you don't like it. You can tell me that you think it's a bad idea. Just don't tell me no. Yeah. Just don't tell me no. I don't care if your yes is nervous or hesitant. Just don't say no. Man, it's like really, it, it's all downhill from there. From that point, I was game one for whatever the Lord said. Yeah. If that was like move to Africa, if that was like go plant a church in another place, if whatever that was. Man, I, I was game. I probably didn't share that moment, that experience. I didn't even tell my wife about it for maybe a month or two. Hmm. It was just like sacred. And as I began to share, and I, as I shared it with my wife, I think we both kind of felt 
the inclination that it was going to be far flung. When she came back from Africa, and she probably would share on a podcast sometime. Yeah. When she came back from Africa, man, she was different. It's like the Lord woke that heart up in her. Um, when I came back from the Amazon, that second Together project, um, I finally did get to go on the Together project. Yeah. Um, you were there. Yeah. Um, that became like a marker. I was telling everybody um, about how God's going to change your life. God's going to do all this stuff. All <laughs> that whole time, God's going to, man, what if God wants to do all these things through you? Not realizing that, all, man, all these it things, was off, I, yeah. it was me. God was getting you ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was telling people like, man, you might have to leave everything for what God's going to do. <laughs> all this. I had this whole like, like revelation about Kevin Durant, right? And like LeBron. How these superstars left their team, take less money but because they didn't have an ego. They just wanted to put together all-star team and do, do something great. Right. And I was telling Jeremy at the time, I was like, what if like God wants people to do that and stop trying to be great in your own right hmm. and just, just lay your ego aside and just be willing to work for somebody else. Be willing to like be the second, third guy, play off the bench, Right. Just do it. And I had no idea at, at that moment together. Project, you were Kevin. That I was, I'm not Kevin Durant, but like, I'm like, a, what, what was it? James Harden that used to play off the bench. Didn't James Harden used to play off the bench? I think. I don't know. Something like that. But I'm one of those guys. I could probably start for another team, but I'll play off the bench for this team, right? And um, I come to Kyle. And I, me and Ashley, we come into Chattanooga, which is normal. And we're like, hey, let's grab dinner. This mm-hmm. is after the Amazon. And I said, man, we, we feel like we're supposed to jump in with Far Flung at some point. Maybe that's full time. Maybe even leave our church. And if you know Kyle, man, he's bigger than life in a lot of moments. And in the moments you think he's going to be so hyped and excited, <laughs> he's nothing. Like he's super like, <laughs> like something small could happen and he's going to make a huge. Right. And then when something huge happens, he's like, okay, all right. Hey, I'm going to leave everything behind, sell everything and come to Far Flung. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cool. Man. Yeah. If, if you, if you want to or not, or not, either way, either way, do it or, or don't do it. That's okay. He's but not done playing it. Yeah. That yeah. But that night I was like, listen, we're gonna we we think we're supposed to do this. And Kyle's like, okay, um, we don't have any money for you to do this. We would love for you to be a part. And that was the big thing with that conversation. I didn't want to be dreaming about far flung and be planning in my mind. Mm-hmm. And Kyle's like, listen. I don't think I don't think you I don't I think you're only supposed to be on trips. You're not supposed to be here in the office. And I'm not the only person that's come and probably dreamed of far flung yeah. as a career path to you. You're just the one that's jumped it. Yeah. And that was the thing when I realized, okay, Kyle doesn't have any money. We don't have the money for it. Um, and then we just started thinking, who cares? We'll raise the money. And at this point, I mean, you'd been involved like not just together project. Like you wrote songs, you collaborated. Yeah. I mean, you'd been to to Thailand, so you were already invested, you know, in a lot of ways. Yeah. And so this was just like next level, I'm all in, you know? Yeah. Um, Like, I I, I knew, like, I was already starting to think, what's the succession of Far Flung after we die? Mm. After Kyle's gone, after I'm gone. Cause that's a big part of missions. Like we we say short term trip, long term impact. 
we like to to be involved in places where there is a sustainability on the ground. Right. And I don't mean sustainable farming, but I just mean like you can see there's this progression. This is right. going to live beyond one generation. So even before we were full time, I'm already thinking Far Flung needs to have a 200 year goal. Yeah. Not just like a five year goal. We want this thing to be like our kids and then their right. kids and their kids. Right. So, um, and that's probably part of why we were we were kind of gearing towards kids' books. Hmm. Right. And and doing those things. What's the next generation gonna look like? How are they how are they gonna be in love with far flung if they don't learn about far flung until they're thirty years old? Um, yeah, I was already invested. And then the itch, um, the draw to come full time really came from like just real, real personal things, man. We yeah. had dreams. Yeah. My wife had dreams where, um, you know, where, where her and Memphis were, were left behind and, and me and Kyle were, were off somewhere mm. and they were hijacked. And, and then me and Kyle have to come and rescue them wow. because Kyle was like, Brian, you don't have to leave your church. You can still be involved more. You can be involved as much as you want. You you can stay in Clarksville. Um, but we knew that was going to mean I'm going to go on these trips and Ashley and Memphis are going to be left behind. Right. And it was like, that seemed like, it still seemed like saying no. Mm. Right? Yeah. Uh, sometimes God will give us an option. Like, like, do all these things. And then sometimes God will say, listen, do this. And we try to offer him our version of that. Right. I'm yeah. going to say yes, but I'm going to say yes this way. Right. And that's what that felt like. And we uh, we were talking, this was like back in November, December. We knew we were going to leave the church. We knew we were going to come on to Far Flung. And Ashley was like, gets the calendar out. She was like, pick a day. Put a date on the calendar. The whole story of Nehemiah becomes real personal in our life because a pastor comes and shares something. The guy that didn't know Far Flung and didn't know anything about our organization asked me over coffee, when are you leaving your church to go do missions? And I was like, what are you talking about? And he opens the word and, and takes me through Nehemiah and how the Lord had really brought that to him and how when God, it, when God has placed something on your heart that moves you, it's noticeable. Like mm -hmm. Nehemiah was moved by the plight of his people. And so he goes and rebuilds the wall. And so that's this, that's comes out in like chapter two where, where Nehemiah basically like doesn't put a date on the calendar, but he makes the plan. So mm -hmm. I just like put a date on the calendar and it wasn't spiritual. I didn't fast. I was like <laughs> January 6th. You know, I just picked a Wednesday night in January to tell the board that I'm leaving. And then as we got closer to January 6th, and she's like, all right, what's our last Sunday? And if it was me, I kept like pushing it. Not because I was afraid to go, but it was like, ah, I got to get this and this and this and this. And Ashley's like, no, what's the Sunday? And I was like, all right, this one, <laughs> February 21st. Um, that's going to be our last Sunday. And I was like, that's it. And then we're done. And then we're just going to see what, what happens. And the adventure that has been since then has been amazing, you know, Kyle. And, and Jonathan, you know, all the things we've seen God do. Yeah. There are people that I thought would really get behind us financially that would, I thought, man, they'll give. Because mm. we have to fundraise our salary, yeah. which is like a scary thing. Um, and when you're leaving a church that pays you good 
and secure. Our church has six hundred thousand dollars in the bank. Um, yeah. And so when you're when you're leaving that to go fundraise, you're like, oh, are people going to give? Um, mm. And people that I thought for sure would show up big. Yeah, I know this guy. He loves me. He'll give crickets. Nothing, right? <laughs> and then people I didn't even know. Man, show up big for us. So um, that's kind of like the round two version of us being in Far Flung. <laughs> yeah. Together Project was like the intro. Me and Kyle just kind of start the relationship again after college and go on a trip. And then one thing leads to like a shift in our passions. And, yeah. and so we think that we were supposed to pastor churches. We were supposed to do all the things we did. Right. It makes us better here. Mm-hmm. And there's a confusion that people have when they begin to think that what they do right now is what God wants them to do forever. Forever, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and one thing is building on another thing right. is building on another thing is building on. Another Which you're thing. still, I mean, you're still very much. You have a pastor's heart. I mean, you you yeah. reach out to to people. I mean, even in the office, you may full time pastor again sometime in your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't put a lot of limits on what what's going to happen. Right. Um, I like, and when I when I told Kyle, I was like, we're here, year, ten years, right, for the rest of our lives. Man, I just don't know what the Lord's going to do because. Three years ago, I had no clue I was going to be here. (laughs) So to try to pretend like I've got it all figured out, no. Right. And Um, to someone listening to this or watching on YouTube, you know, uh, maybe they're having a similar experience that you had together, chapter one, watching this, and it's like, oh my gosh, I've got to be a part of it. You know, you see these things are happening and I'm not a part of it. I, the thing that's been like driving me crazy lately. I've got, when we go to the Arctic, we we were just there a few months ago, Aurora Borealis is like one of of my favorite things in life. Like to experience it, it's just just insane, right? And so I have all the apps in my phone and I've got them locked into the location for Barrow, Alaska, right? My phone and those apps think that I'm in Barrow, Alaska. (laughs) So every once in a while, I'm sitting at my desk here at the office, I'm typing away, doing numbers, whatever. And then I get this notification. I look at my phone and it says, if it's a clear night, if it's clear out right now, if you look up, you may just see that you have a good chance of seeing Aurora Borealis because my phone thinks I'm there. I'm just like, I'm not there. This is happening right now. I could be there. Yeah. I could be experiencing this amazing thing. But I'm not. I'm here in Chattanooga. And just like that, there are people that are watching these videos. And yeah. It's like, you could be doing this. You could be in Africa with us right now. Yeah. You could see the miracles in Peru. It's happening right now. If you just go, right. they're going to happen either way. And you could be a part of it. So I, like, that's just been stuck in my head lately. Every time I get a notification, it's like, guess what? Northern lights are out. Go outside and look. I'm like, you stupid phone. I'm not <laughs> there. <laughs> Which, by the way, he, like, he woke us up at like 2 in the morning. And, and like we, none of us were willing to go. And then and one like, of us fine. would give. Uh, and that's then the rest takes. You just need one person <laughs> to start the revolt, that's and it. then they all were like, oh, "Okay, three right. a.m." And every, yep, and there we are, watching for polar bears. <clears throat> so that's some of Brian's story. I yeah. mean, your story is going to kind of. I mean, there's so many different parts of it, so a lot of that's going to come out in these different ones. But mm-hmm. we wanted to highlight how in the world you got here and, and some of your motives on why am I doing all of yeah. this now. 
team far flung. And, um, but there's many more stories to come and we're going to be in Africa yeah. in a week we have, yeah. when we're recording this and we're going to have stories there. Yeah. I think to tell somebody to, um, to risk it, mm. just do it. Yeah. Just risk it. And you, my risk led me here to far flung. Somebody right. else's risk is going to be, you know, like maybe Go. quitting their job and starting their own construction company. Right. Right. Or somebody else's risk is going to be like going back to school to be a therapist. And like, oh, I could never stop, you know, doing this. Or um, somebody is a nurse that hates nursing that should be doing something else. Yeah. And they feel stuck. And because, you know, they're afraid of risking it. And I just say, risk it. Just go for it. Just try it. And people like even I had people in my life I was like, don't do it. Don't leave your church. You know, mm-hmm. And when we came here, we're all in. We bought a house. And someone's like, what if you lose your house? Then we lose the house. <laughs> right. Then we lose the house. Yeah. Nobody's going to talk about losing a house at my funeral. <laughs> Nobody's going to be like, I remember that time he lost his house. I they will. will now. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't care. But like right. nobody's going to talk about that. But they will talk about the risk that you took. Right. Take take 10 risks. Take, just do them. Um. And I don't mean do them foolishly. Man, do it fearlessly. Right. And I like going back and telling the story because if you look back, what looks like happened all of a sudden was like a long turn of events. Right. Mm-hmm. That started with a kid who went on a mission trip, basically because his mom said to go on a mission trip. And this long turn of events ends up making sense. So if you're frustrated because you don't know the passion of your life, I don't know. And you're like, I want to risk something, but I don't feel that passionate thing yet. That's fine. That's cool. Just stick it out what you're doing. Eventually, that fire will kind of awaken. The right moment at the right time, it'll all wake up and yeah. do that. Um, so, yeah, that would be If like you don't my- know if you're called to missions, go on a mission trip. You'll find out quick. Oh, yeah. yeah. Some people just not. That's <laughs> no. not their thing. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, and those people are still involved because they give. Yeah. And yeah. our terminology is everybody goes because Jesus says go, go into all the world. That's so it. everybody is going. Some people are going by traveling. Some people are going by, by generosity. Yeah. By giving. Right. Everybody goes. Because it's not an option. Not for people who love Jesus. So yeah. That's cool. It's awesome. Yeah, well, thanks for joining us today. Um, this is a little bit about Brian's story. Uh, we'll be back next week, and we'll have episode three, I think we're on. So be looking out for that. We'll catch you on the next one.